0: morning. Thanks Father for this new day and thank you Father for the great privilege of being here together. Thanks for the sunshine and for all the good things that you give us. Uh, We pray that you would help us to see uh, the things that we need to understand about life in this world this morning. Help us to see you more clearly and understand uh, the great joy it is uh, to have a God who loves us. We ask it in Jesus name. Amen. Well can I say thanks Uh, for joining us today as we commence our our series of talks here in January, entitled Meet Jesus. Uh, That's exactly what we'd love people to be able to do. Uh, Because we're we're actually certain that if you genuinely meet Jesus, you'll be certain that it's the best thing that has ever happened to you. Uh, So if you're here this morning as someone who has questions about this, uh, or wonders what all the fuss is about Uh, or or wants to know why we think Jesus is such a big deal, or or in fact, whatever reason you happen to be here today, we're we're glad that you're here, and we actually hope that you will find what we talk about stimulating, that it will be helpful or or cause you to think a little bit more. Our topic today, of course, is about wanting purpose in your life. Uh, What is our purpose as human beings? What should be your purpose in life? uh how can you find that out i mean it can actually be a very challenging question to wonder what your purpose in life should be and it can even be a a much bigger question if you're actually asking the question why do i even exist i had the great privilege last year of a holiday in europe and on the way over we stopped in doha uh, and when i got back on the plane i was sitting next to a woman who was probably in her late 30s uh, you know how you kind of get on a plane, you never know how much people want to talk to you or if they just want to be left alone. Uh, and so we said hi and introduced ourselves, and then we just did our own thing for a while. Eventually I asked her if she was flying home or whether she was heading somewhere else. It was a simple question that actually led to a very long conversation. Uh, she said that she had just said goodbye to her husband in Doha and was fly- who, he was flying back to America Uh, where they lived but she was an Iranian woman she had left Islam and her Muslim family to marry this American guy but now she told me that she was flying to England to try and find out who she was and what the purpose of her life was. Before COVID she had had her own little consulting business that she felt had given her life some meaning Uh, but it had folded during COVID And she was having, if you like, an existential crisis. She loved her husband, but she hated where she lived in America and she didn't have any friends. She was struggling to know who she was and why she even existed. And she was struggling to know what she should be doing with her life. And so she was hoping that some time on her own in England would give her time to think, try and understand where she fitted in the world. So I asked her I said you know given your Muslim upbringing do you believe in God do you have any kind of belief in God and she said no she she'd left all that behind it had been just a bunch of rules and restrictions. I said oh that's that's very different to the Christian God that I believe in. I said that uh, the God that I believe in of the God of Christianity is about relationships not rules. The Bible tells me that God loves me and that he's, he's for me and, and I've actually experienced that to be true. Now, I didn't expect it, but she was gobsmacked by that. And she'd never heard that it was possible to have a relationship with God. And, and so for the next couple of hours, she peppered me with questions and she became very excited. Uh, we ended up exchanging phone numbers. She took the details of a, a, a book that I suggested she should read and she helped us find our way out of Heathrow Airport, for which we were very grateful. <laughs> that is quite a place. But anyway, this question of our purpose, of what we exist for, is a very important one. And can I say, there are, are two options. There, there, either there is no possibility of any meaning or purpose in life, or there is. Uh, The atheist Richard Dawkins says that there's no design, no purpose, no evil and no good. Nothing but pointless indifference in our world. Now, if, as he believes, the existence of human beings is a a random accident, then there is no purpose, nor any possibility of purpose. And, And actually, Dawkins acknowledges that. At least he has the courage of his convictions, even though he doesn't really live his life that way. In fact, nobody does because it would just lead to uh, a kind of despair and hopelessness. And of course, what Dawkins was actually saying was that without God, there is no design, no purpose. And so to him, we live in a godless and pointless universe. And those two things go hand in hand. Now, most people who agree with him about the godless part don't necessarily agree about the pointless part but in in the absence of any perceived given purpose we try to invent our own but we wind up either fooling ourselves or we end up terribly lost like my friend on the plane and that's because to have purpose requires a maker it requires a creator that is the seat that you are sitting on there this morning has a maker who made it with a particular purpose. The phone in your bag or in your pocket has been designed and made with a purpose. I mean, accidents don't have purpose. And so the question is, have we? Have we been designed and made with a purpose? And the answer of Christianity is yes. We have been made, designed, Created with a purpose, and can I just say that is wonderfully good news. We begin to get a glimpse of it in the passage from the Bible, which is one of the biographies of Jesus' life. It was written by one of the people who uh, lived with Jesus for several years. His name was John. Uh, let's have a closer look at it. If you've got your Bibles there, it's worthwhile opening it up. I'll remind you it's on. If you're using one of the church Bibles, it's on page 833. Uh, John chapter 1, and we're going to start right at the very first sentence there. Little numbers are the sentence numbers or the verse numbers. Let me read from sentence 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, can I say at first, that sounds like a bit of a convoluted sentence. Uh, So let me just clarify a little bit if I can. Who is uh, this word that was in the beginning with God and in fact was God? Who is it? Well, it becomes clear actually a little further down in sentence 14. Notice if you cast your eyes down a little further, sentence 14. He says there, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, John tells us that the Word who was with God before the world came into being is Jesus. He calls him the Word who became flesh. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is actually God in the flesh come to live among us. But here's the thing that I want us to see... Uh, look back up again at sentence three there it says all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in other words everything that exists in this world in this universe god through jesus made it all and that includes you and i along with every other organism or creature in the cosmos The very breath that inhabits our lungs has been given to us by God. He is our maker, the one who has given us life itself. And so the Bible says that we are are fearfully and wonderfully made. And of course we are, aren't we? I mean, the human body is a a remarkable piece of manufacturing. I, I could rattle off a whole bunch of statistics about our bodies that are just mind blowing. But the point is that God is our creator he's the one who has given us our life and he has done so with a purpose and we begin to see what that purpose is as we read on in this bible passage Uh, that is as we read on we have been made for relationship with god and so let's just see if we can pick it up there in sentence six of john chapter one there was a man sent from god whose name was john he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Now here, John the the Apostle, who writes this, introduces us to another John, in case you're confused, uh, who is John the Baptist. Uh, We're told that John the Baptist was sent by God to point people to Jesus and to the life that he gives. That is, to bear witness about the light. Uh, The light is another name that John uses to speak about Jesus. And that's because Jesus both reveals where true life is found and he is, in fact, the source of true life. That is, he sheds light on human lostness and evil and he shows where real life and real meaning is found. So read on with me there from sentence nine. The true light, that's Jesus, which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. See, see what John is pointing out here is the big problem that we as human beings have. It's the reason people are so often lost, that they feel aimless, looking for purpose, wondering what their lives should be or should amount to. People have, cut themselves off from the source and the giver of life and so is it any wonder that they can't work out what their life is for or that they busy themselves with all sorts of activities that distract them but bring no lasting fulfillment now let me try and illustrate if i can i'm not sure uh, if this is the most helpful illustration because we're not exactly like this but i think it'll make the point but imagine you're a puppet Uh, You perform at shows uh, and people like you. Uh, You can move your arms and your legs and your head. You can nod your head and you can speak. You can even speak to the puppeteer. But imagine, and you have to imagine because it's not possible, but imagine you decided as a puppet, I don't want want someone dictating what I do and say. I'm going to go it alone. I'm going to do my own shows and, and work out my own dialogue. It's kind of completely crazy, isn't it? I mean, the only reason that you can move your arms and legs and nod your head is because, well, because the puppeteer has has his arm up your back. Um, And the only reason that you can speak is because the puppeteer gives you your voice. That's the puppet's existence. That puppet's existence becomes pointless, doesn't it? It it actually can't do what it's been created for. And it's a little like that for us. Uh, Please hear me, we, we are not puppets that is not what god has made when he made us and we can still choose what we do with our lives and how we use our bodies etc but if we reject the one who made us who gives us our life then we reject the purpose for which we have been made we don't give ourselves life we don't put the breath in our lungs which carries our words we could do nothing without god and that's the point really Uh, even as christians we we might think well i haven't rejected god i believe in him i try and do things for him but but i don't always feel like my, my i have purpose in my life you see here is the thing our purpose is not about what we do for god quite the opposite our purpose flows out of what god has done for us uh, let me just read on from sentence 12 there in John he goes on and says but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of god who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god you know the the great tragedy of our world is that people have turned their backs on their creator They've walked away from God. They don't don't appreciate or even recognize all that God has done for them. And the Bible is clear that our rejection of God leads to all manner of problems and evil in our world. But notice that even though we might reject God, he offers to receive us back when we believe in Jesus. See verse 12 again? But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You know, we don't always fully appreciate how wonderful this offer of God is to receive people who have rebelled against him as his children. Now, I just want to take us to the other bible reading that we had for a moment just to show you what i mean it's in psalm uh, psalm 32 and it was on page let me see where i've written it down uh, 432 in your bibles if you want to flick to it quickly you might want to keep your finger in john we may come back to that but can i say psalm 32 is a psalm written by uh, or a song written by king david that expresses the amazing thing that god does for those who turn to him And so let me just read from the first two sentences again uh, there in Psalm 32. King David says, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. You see, when David speaks here about the person who is blessed, he's speaking about pure happiness. It's the happiness that had overtaken him when he came to experience God's forgiveness for his sins. When he was relieved of the pain of his guilt for his sin. I mean, the Bible uses this kind of umbrella term of sin to capture all the ways in which we rebel against God. Uh, Here he uses three words that capture three kinds of sin or evil. You kind of see them there. That talks about transgression or sin or iniquity three kinds of sin or evil. Uh, the first is the wrong that we do against God and others. So, for example, things like lying or stealing. Uh, the second uh, way of talking about it is, is the wrong that is committed against God and ourself. Uh, perhaps like the things that we do in secret that nobody knows about except God. And thirdly, there's the, the wrong that we commit directly against God himself. This is the the rebellion, if you like, of taking the life that God gives to us and not living it back to him. It's the pride and the ingratitude of not wanting God, our creator, to have any say in our lives, to set ourselves up, if you like, as little gods of our own lives, who choose our own paths because we're unwilling to receive him as we should can i say this is the big one this is the sin if you like that sits above every other wrong thing that we ever do but you say here is the beauty of what god is offering us forgiveness and the right to become his children part of his family see forgiveness is a a marvelous thing It's a great burden lifted away from us. It's the consequences of our sin against God taken away, cleared. You see, when we we receive Jesus and all that he has done for us, God forgives us and welcomes us. We're now unburdened, unashamed. We can begin to live the life that God has made us for. Uh, One writer put it this way. He said, being forgiven by God... Is the pivotal moment of the human life because it changes everything. And it really does. Christianity is not about what we can do for God, it's about what God promises to do for us. He sends Jesus to reveal God to us. Jesus comes and he he dies on a cross to take the punishment that we deserve for our sins. And he offers us forgiveness the crushing burden of guilt and shame and condemnation lifted. But that's just the start, because the purpose of forgiveness is to open the way to relationship, a new relationship with God, our maker, the one who gives us life and everything to enjoy, the one who welcomes us into his family, the one who has made us for a purpose that will bring more meaning and more joy to your life than anything you could ever imagine. Our purpose in life is is not invented or achieved or discovered. Our purpose flows out as a response to all that God has done for us. What is that purpose? Well, you can see it there at point five. That is, my purpose is to praise and enjoy the one who made me. Now, can I say maybe you think that's a bit of an anticlimax? Perhaps you were hoping there was something more significant to invest your life in. But can I say, that's not what the greatest king in Israel's history thought. Uh, King David was very aware of his sin. He felt the guilt and the burden of it. And look at the last sentence. And through Psalm 32, he's been talking about how God has forgiven him. And look at the very last sentence of that psalm in Psalm 32, sentence 11. David says, "'Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous.'" And shout for joy, all you upright in heart. You see, here is King David's response to all that God had done for him in forgiving his sins and restoring his relationship with his creator. Be glad, rejoice, shout for joy. Not because of his wealth and good fortune, but in the Lord. Our purpose in life is not bound up in our work or our achievements, or our, our wealth, or some humanitarian goal or its not even bound up in our family. As good as those things are, no matter what your life consists of, no matter what you might be going through, there's never a time in your life, no matter how difficult, that you can't remember what God has done for you and be filled with thankfulness. There's never a loss or disappointment you might face that can take away the treasure of your forgiveness and your inclusion in God's family. see, God's act of forgiving us through Jesus and making us members of his eternal family is world-changing. It changes my present and it changes my entire future, both in this life and also in the world to come. And so it's both natural and right that my response, my purpose, is to praise and enjoy the one who made me. Uh, The Westminster Shorter Catechism was written in 1647, so a long time ago, and it actually outlines the key beliefs of Christianity. And the very first question that it poses uh, is this. It says, what is the chief end of man? In other words, what is the ultimate purpose of humanity? And the answer it gives is this. The chief end of humanity is to glorify or praise God and to enjoy him forever. That is, if you're someone who knows the joy of having had your sins forgiven and having been welcomed into God's family, loved and saved by him, then rejoice. You'll never find greater Uh, meaning and purpose than living as one of God's family members and praising God by telling others how good God is you'll never work out your meaning and purpose in life if you ignore the very source of your existence you're not an accident you have been wonderfully and lovingly made what a joy to be known and loved by God and to walk in his ways The Apostle John actually wants us to understand that at the end of our first passage, back in John chapter chapter 1 there, if you've got it, where he says this in sentence 16, John chapter 1. And he says, And from his fullness, that is, from Jesus' fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. That is, John is saying that from all the fullness of Jesus, who is the means of every part of creation for those who receive him, He pours out grace. That is, he heaps his generosity upon us. For the law, he says in verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so if you are really looking for purpose in your life, then can I suggest you take to heart the words of this famous hymn. Let me read these words to you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus, that you, Father, came into our world in the person of Jesus, that we might know you, our creator, and that we might know the life that you give, the purpose that you give. So, Father, I pray that for each one of us here this morning, that if we don't know the wonderful joy of forgiveness, the recognition that we've been reconciled with you and brought into your family, we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to um, look to Jesus and those who have not yet done so, that they would meet Jesus themselves and understand the great burden that he lifts and the joy that he gives. And we pray all these things in his name. Amen.